0: Dating Skills Review, the central source for dating advice for men, brings you the Dating Skills Podcast.
1: Hey, this is Angel Donovan with Dating Skills Podcast, and this week we have Eric Disco from Approach Anxiety. Uh, and it's pretty clear what he's going to be talking about. But let me give you a quick background on, on Eric. He's been around since 2005, and he's worked with quite a few of the pickup companies, including Brad P, um, Pickup 101, before starting out on his own in 2008. And hi, Eric. How are you doing?
0: I am wonderful. How are you doing, Angel?
1: I'm doing great. And it's great to have someone on the show who's, you know, obviously been around a bit, you know, so you've seen a few different angles, um, obviously different methods and stuff. So that's always good to see, a bit more rounded experience. Yep. Uh, so, you know, let, let's, let's start with a question to you, because obviously, you know, given the company's name, Approach Anxiety, you're pretty focused on just one subject, which is approach anxiety. Now, why is that? What is it that became so important to approach anxiety? Was it or something that you focused on since you've been working since like 2005? Or is it something you found to become more important and decide to focus on it later? And why was that,
0: if so? I read The Game in 2005, and that got me all fired up to go out and meet women uh, and uh you know it had the techniques it finally seemed like wow this is something possible to do when previously i thought it was impossible but then once i went out and tried to talk to women i found that i could not do it on my own uh and of course what what it was was approach anxiety uh and i eventually got coaching uh and met a lot of other different guys who were trying to go out and meet women. And for almost everybody, it seemed that the the main thing keeping them from going out and doing this and getting better was approach anxiety. It was that they had too much fear to do it. It wasn't that they were going out and doing it wrong or they were, uh, you know, they had the wrong coaches or they were in the wrong program. It was that they simply could not go out and practice. This is like, trying to learn how to play basketball and not being able to uh, get onto the field in the first place get onto the court in the first place right so uh, the more I looked around the more I realized hey I'm not the only one dealing with this but there were also there was also nobody really talking about this on a deeper level uh, you had uh, mysteries saying hey just go out and do a thousand approaches uh, do a thousand approaches but how can you go out and do, an, do a thousand approaches when you can hardly do one approach? Uh, and so nobody really had answer for how do I get past this fear? And so, uh, in 2007, I registered approachanxiety.com and I made it my, uh, my life's mission to figure this thing out and that this would be my contribution to, uh, to this community of guys that are trying to get past, uh, trying to get better with women
1: great, we'd like to see focus, of course it, it brings specialism and, and uh, uh, a lot of perspectives into it. so like you you've kind of talked about a few of the ways that people say some some of the guys instructing say you should get past approach anxiety, right you give examples of mystery with a thousand approaches and stuff like that. Now, you know as I understand it, your, your approach is a bit different. Can you talk about first the problems with like t- talk about some of the methods that you saw that are out there some of the ways people say you should get over approach anxiety and what might be the problems what might why might those not be the solution for people getting over this
0: so the main way I found that people are trying to get past approach anxiety is they're trying to do it all at once they'll sign up for say a weekend workshop uh, and and I used to coach guys in weekend workshops when I worked for Pickup 101. Most of the guys coming in, their their main thing was that they couldn't approach women, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? I need to take a workshop to get past this." So they come in for this workshop, and we've got one weekend to get them past years worth of of programming that's preventing them from going out and talking with women. So this is kind of like if you didn't know how to snowboard or ski, and I took you to the top of the the hardest slope on the mountain and said, "All right, let's go," and I and I pushed you down the mountain, yeah, you'll make it to the bottom of the mountain, but guess what? You're not going to have fun doing it, and you're going to hate skiing after that. You're going to hate snowboarding because you're just going to be falling. You're going to be hurting yourself, and pretty soon you're, you're never want to go. You're never going to want to go back on that mountain again. And that's what I found with these guys. I could get them to approach in one weekend, but did they continue to approach after that weekend? And sadly, most of the guys did not. Uh, so I decided there's got to be a, a better way to do this. There's got to be a better way to help guys get past this. And so I set up a uh, a long-term coaching program where I met with guys uh, for two-hour sessions, six two-hour sessions spread out over uh, about two months or so. Uh, Mm -hmm. and every week they would come back and instead of doing the hardest thing possible, Hey, there's the girl go approach her. I took down, I took the approach, walk up to a girl and talk to her. And I broke it down into the simplest manageable steps possible that guys could practice over and over again. Uh, the, the easiest things possible to get past it that that would help them get past their fear.
1: So would you say that it's always the same issue for everyone or do people who are studying this and, and trying this, like trying to approach women, do they come across different barriers to, to being able to do this? For instance, different things that they're saying to themselves in their head, which is preventing them or, you know, you know, what what else would be preventing them? Is it is it all? Can it be pretty simple? Everyone has the same problem, or is it a little bit divergent with different people uh, getting blocked by different things going on inside them?
0: I think it tends to be fairly similar. Uh, different guys are already better at certain things, that and they mm-hmm. may not need as much help in one area but when you walk up to a woman there's certain things that you need to do and if you don't do those things you can't approach her and and these are physical things uh the the first step being you've got to get out of your apartment if you're if you're if you're sitting in your apartment if you're not going out you're not going to be able to to even get in vicinity of those women so you need to get out consistently, and then you need to get – the next step is you need to get in her physical vicinity. In other words, if you are standing on the other side of the room just pacing back and forth looking at her, I I don't care how good your your opener is. You're not going to be able to say anything from her on the other side of the room, so you need to get physically next to her, right? So these are physical steps that every every person has to go through, mm-hmm. and – You may be good at getting out. You may be good at physically positioning yourself next to her. Or you may Mm. be even good at saying, hey, how do I get to Starbucks? You may be fine with that. But then you're not good at the next step, which is staying in longer. So, yeah, guys have different issues. Like somebody maybe uh, grew up with no friends and doesn't know how to – start a conversation or somebody may have grown up with a lot of friends, some girlfriends, and they're a little bit more comfortable in the interaction, but still everybody's going through the same steps when you, when you walk up to mm-hmm. a woman and talk to her.
1: Okay. I've got, I got, I got another question. Like the guys listening to this right now, how do they know that this is the biggest problem they have to work on? Are there, are there you know, are there, is there specific questions uh, they can give an answer to yes or no, uh, which will tell them that, oh, this is the thing I should be focusing most of my energy on right now. Because I think a lot of guys like to think, you know, anxiety isn't a nice word, right? Uh, in society, anxiety, you know, makes you kind of think of people who maybe have psychiatric disorders or are overly sensitive and things like that. Whereas in the context we're talking about it, it's actually very normal and, you know, almost everyone gets it to some extent. So moving away from that, like I'm I'm thinking some guys might be saying to themselves, hey, I don't have this issue. This isn't the thing I need to work on. But sometimes it may be actually the number one thing that they need to get fixed to start getting better results and, and, you know, getting satisfaction out of this. So... Are there typical things that they should ask themselves which will tell them this is the number one thing they should focus on?
0: Yeah, well, firstly, I agree with you 100% that everybody experiences fear and anxiety whenever you try and do something new that you were unable to do before, start a business, write a book. uh Snowboard down a mountain, you're going to experience some fear and some level of inhibition, some part of you that's, that says, hey, don't do this. This is too scary. Just by definition, when you challenge yourself and do something new, you're going to experience that. What, what I'm talking about here more specifically is getting into a conversation with a woman. Going from, hey, there's a woman that I'm attracted to, say, Either in a bar, or what I prefer to, to to work with guys a little bit more is during the day. Is uh, you're you're sitting on the on the, the subway train and you see an attractive woman. Can you start a conversation with that woman? Can you get into a a normal conversation with her? Uh, and there's other steps after that beyond what I teach. So there's getting sexual. There's banter. There's Uh, deeper porn. I do teach a little bit of deep connection in here. Uh, there's, there's all these other things that you can work on, but you can't work on any of that other stuff if you're not comfortable simply getting into conversations with women. And, and this is, this is what I find with most guys is they see all these amazingly cute women every day and they can't practice just starting a conversation with her. So they're, they're wondering, what can I say that's really clever? What can I say that's more sexual? What can I say that's going to make her want to date me? Well, guess what? You can't practice any of that stuff if you can't start a conversation with that woman, if you can't start a conversation with multiple women when you're out during the day.
1: Right, right, totally. So would you suggest that people, you're talking about day or night, right, starting, right. starting that? And basically, night mean bars and clubs, typically. Would you suggest that they start out in daytime scenarios, looking so of like general scenarios, like shops, cafes, walking in the street, or going to bars and clubs at night, which is predominantly where people try to meet each other um, in most of society? Where would you suggest they start?
0: Particularly for guys who do have a lot of inhibition with this stuff, I do recommend the daytime. Even though it's, it can seem a little tougher at first, uh, the the environment tends to be more calm. It's less of a, a, a crazy environment, and once you start to get into it, it gets a little bit easier, and it's easier to go out every day and, say, take a walk around a supermarket or a park and, and try and start uh, one single interaction with a woman. Now, there's other guys, too, that uh, – particularly guys who live in – more like lower population areas that might have trouble finding women to meet during the day like people who don't live in a city uh and for those guys i would recommend going to bars because there are more women there uh one thing that they might want to do though is try happy hour bars which are less you know when you go out at 11 p.m on a friday night you've got loud, loud places, the bass pumping, you know, and you have to yell, you know, to to try and interact with the girl. And it's crowded with people and lights. And and that does not tend to be the best environment for a guy with a a lot of anxiety to get past his anxiety.
1: Yep, I totally agree with you there. So a a couple of more, you know, kind of deeper questions on this note. So do you think it's a good idea for them to start doing it in situations where they are comfortable. So by that, I mean activities that they're kind of routinely doing or places that they can kind of routinely go to. And the second part of that question is, uh, if, if it is a case, is it a good idea to go places basically where they know people or should they try and go to places where they don't know anyone so that I don't feel like it's having any social repercussions.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like there's there's two different things. There's there's activities that that you're truly interested in, say you're interested in art or you want to take a class in salsa dancing. That's that kind of stuff is so important to enrich your life and and have an interesting life. Uh, but I recommend that guys go to more mundane places consistently, uh, to meet women, uh, and to do it with strangers, like you said, because with strangers, there's, there, there, there is a little bit more tension and it does tend to be a little more tough at the beginning. But if you try and do this in places where you already know people, there's a lot, there's a lot riding on that. Think about, you know, an extreme example would be approaching somebody at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? You you try talking to a girl and you mess that up. You're going to have to see that girl every day. Whereas if you talk to a stranger and you will, you will mess this up, trust me, you'll mess it up. You, you never have to see that stranger again. You can start with somebody new next time. Uh, and, and I also recommend going to places consistently. So you start to get a little bit more comfortable in those places, say going to a supermarket one day, then the next day you go to a park, then the next day you go back to that same supermarket, and the next day you go back to that same park. When you start going back to a place regularly, you start to feel comfortable there. You feel like almost like it's your living room. And this is this is the most this is the this is the first step which is to feel comfortable at the location. If you go to say a Sephora like a makeup store for women, you could also do that too. But the first time you're in a makeup store if you try and talk to a woman in there, guess what? You're not even comfortable in that place. You're going to feel awkward in the first place. So first go back a couple times, get comfortable in that place, and then start working on the next step.
1: All right, so you're talking about a softer, more gradual process, really, of acclimatization.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You you know, there's guys out there who – uh and and this is everybody. This is me too. You know at the beginning it's like I want to get motivated. I want to do this. I want to push through this. And that motivation is great. It's good. But you're not going to get far if say you're a runner you and you've never ran before and you know and you're like, "You know what? I want to be a great runner. I'm going to go out today and run 14 miles." Guess what? You're not going to run 14 miles on the first day. In fact, you're going to get home after running Three quarters of a mile, and you're going to be like, oh, man, I suck. I'm the worst. I could only do three quarters of a mile. It's way better to go out, do a little bit every day, build up that social muscle, get comfortable a little bit at a time, and this is why I say that consistency is more important than motivation. Get out and do a little bit every day.
1: I'm in 100% agreement with you. Frequency is, is everything in, in, in this, in, in changing, in changing your behavior, anything, it has to be every single day, even if it's just a little bit every single day. It's definitely one of the, the main things I've, I've seen over the years. I wanted just to go back to, you know, you're, you're talking about a couple of situations and, not being around, uh, people that, you know, you might know. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of, I guess I'll give you a couple of examples of, of where where I'm coming from. When, when I've, I f- i 1st got into this, well, after about a year, I ended up in London, which is a metropolis. It's full of people, different people, and you literally, it's nearly impossible to run into the same people. Okay. If, if you're out in a day or somewhere like that. So I found it pretty easy to, um, approach people. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm typical either. I think I've had I it a bit easier than other people. Uh, for the reasons we can talk about later that might be interesting. Uh, might like to get your ideas on if, if people have different ways of approaching it in their head. Anyway, so, but then I moved, uh, a bit later to, uh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a very small place. Uh, pretty much after three months I was seeing all the same people all over the place and I knew a lot. Of- and you do, you know, a lot of people, I'd be running into people all the time. That's that's kind of how small it is. And that was a very, very different environment because there were, you know, mistakes that happened where, like, I approached the same girl and I didn't remember. And so it's a potentially very embarrassing situation, especially if you're kind of anxious to start with. Or people would start looking at me, you know, because they've seen me talking to girls before. And... You know, when people start looking at you, you feel kind of like, oh, they're like kind of looking at me, uh, and it puts a bit more pressure on the situation, and you're more likely to feel anxiety. So, you know, for guys, I'm, I'm just interested in kind of your perspective on this. For guys who are like in smaller places, because uh, you know a lot of guys live, live in smaller places, how should they deal with that? Because, you know, and I think I've I've heard of people going to extremes where they decide to move to a metropolis because they want to get this. This part of their life fixed. Have you got any I- ideas or, or you know suggestions around this theme? Do you think it's an issue, like if I live in a small town or, or something like that?
0: Yes, uh, I do have some ideas to, uh, about that, and I do agree. One one option for guys is to move to a larger metropolis, depending on how serious they are about getting past this. Uh, but, but let me tell you a little story. The uh, a, a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago, I was out at uh, a happy hour bar with uh, some of my friends, and there were four girls sitting at this kind of booth table uh, in this in this lounge, this kind of upscale lounge. And uh, yeah, I was walking by with my friends, and I, I turned to them and I decided to talk to them, and I said one of my usual openers, which is, "Hey guys, do you know?" If there's a zoo in Central Park and the girls kind of like, blah, 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 like, uh, like a big one, a small one. I said, yeah. And I'm like, OK, because I, I think I have some because uh, I have some friends coming into town and I'm thinking about bringing them there. Like, yeah, it's great. You know, and then I joke, I'm in the mood for penguins. They ever get in the mood for penguins. And this is sort of one of my typical openers. And just then this, this waitress came over and started asking, do you guys want drinks, blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't that into these girls. Like, they were cute, but we kind of wanted to go to some other places to to meet some other women. There weren't that many women in the place. So uh, me and my friends were like, all right, see you guys later. Uh, we're, we're on our way out. Uh, and we, we went to some other places, and about an hour later, we came back. And I, I saw these same girls sitting over there. And so I walked up to them, and I said – Hey guys, do you know if there's a zoo in Central Park? They're like, what? They start laughing, and they were like, you asked us that before. And then I kept going. I said, is it like a big one, a little one? And the girls like, sit down. I told I told you he was he wanted to come talk to us, right? So I sat down and and started talking to these girls. I I did that on purpose, and there, there's the, the the point behind this is that. If you do say something to somebody again, let's and and this has happened to me before, even during the day, I'll, I'll repeat an opener to the uh, same girl that I've talked to before. Sure. I, I just kind of laugh it off, and you you know you can pretend you meant to do it, that you were just that you were just kind of messing with them, that you were having fun. But the sure. main thing the main thing here is how you take it. You know, if you if you're if you're like, oh man, I I screwed up, and be like. Uh, and and scurry away with your tail between your legs which sometimes happens right no matter how good you are that's going to happen sometimes if you can kind of have fun with it and pretend you meant to do it or just pretend you're just enjoying it then then they're usually okay with it too
1: yeah yeah i totally agree of course the hard bit is getting to there i, I guess and, and different people handle it differently so i just when I was thinking about this, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about internal dialogue because I'll just relate to you how I kind of first got into, in, into this and the internal dialogue, which I think meant that approaching anxiety was something I felt, but it didn't really affect me as a lot of other people. So maybe I'm not typical. Uh, so basically, you know, when I did my first approach, I felt pretty much kind of sick to the stomach about it. Uh, and then after that, I felt angry with myself. I've always been a bit of a perfectionist and I felt angry at myself for being so kind of dumb about it, right? I'm like, man, that was dumb, you know, it's no big deal. And that anger, I would use it like, right, I'm gonna get it right, and I'd like go straight back in and talk to someone else, and it would be it wouldn't be an issue. And this is kind of like a theme of a reaction which would happen everywhere I went. Like when when I went into a new place which I wasn't used to, new country. People, people reacting to me in different ways or whatever the situation was and it didn't go well the first time as it often doesn't then I would react this way and just kind of like use some kind of internal anger to get back out there and make the second one work or the third one work it would give me this energy so I, I felt it was internal dialogue that was important to my development what have you seen about internal dialogue are there different ways guys? React to situations that help them or don't help them. Do you teach anything around this area?
0: Uh, th- that's actually really interesting what you said, I'm, and I'm curious what what sort of things would you say to yourself? Like, let's say you you talk to somebody and it didn't work out. What what kind of things would you say to yourself afterward?
1: It's just I've I, I've always been focused on success and in a way I've been kind of arrogant about it you know at school and stuff I've done pretty well and it's happened before like when I when I when I messed up I'll just give you an example when I messed up uh when I was 18 with my my exams because I spent all of the time with my first girlfriend and and and, and basically not doing any work but still thinking I was going to do you know straight A's um and I didn't at all I just felt like the biggest idiot in the world and I told myself I was right and and that's basically, and I'd have a huge regret that I carried around for years. I carry regret around for many years if I've done something wrong. So it, it makes it very painful for me when I make mistakes. So I guess it comes from that. It's like something I'm going to remember. And often when I, I see something as simple, so you can, you know, walking up to someone and talking to them looks pretty simple, and you don't think it should be a big issue, right? So once, once once you've got that in your head, once I had that in my head, I'd be just like, come on, this is you're retarded you know, what are you doing? What's your problem? I'd be saying these kind of things and I'd be just like, you know, just sort it out. That was, that was awful. Um, So it's pretty, pretty straightforward, you know, the way I would kind of attack myself.
0: So, so my opinion about that is uh, I think that sounds like it works for you. One thing I would be careful of with that uh, for, for most guys is, uh, is this is, what you do after the approach or after the failure or even after the success uh the the process that you go through internally after that is uh just as important as the process that you go through before you approach her so you know let's say i'm trying to get myself to do this whatever whatever step on that uh you know it's really tough for me to ask somebody for directions, but I'm gonna do this, and I finally get to that step it it took it took a lot of internal wrangling to finally do that. Uh-huh. let's say she she i get a bad reaction from her, and she's like, "Oh, get out of here, weirdo like why don't you go look on a map whatever whatever they're usually right. not that, but the way I deal with that is just as important because what, what, what most guys do is uh, there's this tendency to think about it a lot. It's, it's, it's called shame. Uh, and uh, you start to replay that in your head, right? It's a social emotion where you're condemning yourself. You feel like everyone else is condemning you, that you're an idiot or a loser. Uh, and you start to replay that in your head. You, you might think about it for a few minutes afterwards and feel really awful. Then 10 minutes later, you'll think about it again. Then an hour later, you'll think about it again. And what you're doing is... Your, your body is trying to process that. It's trying to process that, that negative thing, but it can't. It can't process it, and so you get stuck in this loop uh, of of constantly uh, dragging yourself down, of, of making yourself feel terrible, and you keep reigniting that same terrible feeling. And what's going to happen is next time you go and do the same thing, you're going to have even more fear and more anxiety because you didn't process it correctly last time. So what you want to do is after, after the interaction, whether you can still feel weird even if it goes well, is really focus on number one, understanding your feelings. Like when those feelings come up, just acknowledging them. Wow, I feel this way. Uh, listening to your thoughts. Wow, I just called myself a loser. Interesting. Uh, and not, not letting that that cycle of negative thoughts and feelings start to build up and really notice what you're feeling. You can even use some positive affirmations to remind yourself that, hey, you know what? I'm a great person. I'm better than this. Uh, I'm going to learn how to do this. That Those reminders can help you. Uh, but the most important thing is to be aware of those feelings. What am I going through? What am I feeling? Uh, you could even talk to friends about that to feel better about it you want you could get a therapist even talking about it. Uh, I, I still get once in a while I'll get like a, a weird blowout and it makes me feel bad. Uh, but I, I it's it's crucial that I process that in some way afterward instead of just letting it build up.
1: Great, great. Yeah, that think there's a, a pretty good overview of you know, how how guys should be tackling the way they think about this. So you know I've thrown a few things at you from my experiences, what I what what I'd really like to get from you is like say the the most important things you think guys should be doing to get over their approach anxiety or your perspe- your your way of doing it. What is your way exactly of doing it? If you can describe it kind of
0: succinctly. Sure. Uh so the, the 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 there's a few primary things we want to understand which i think we touched on a little bit which is understanding yeah. your thoughts understanding your feelings uh and realizing that just because you are feeling those feelings and thinking those thoughts doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you uh, in fact if you're going out and doing something like this you are going to experience possibly even some more anxiety and emotions uh than you would have otherwise just sitting in your bedroom reading you're not going to feel very many thoughts and emotions but so the most important part here is taking physical action okay and there's certain steps that you there's certain steps that you want to take that's going to allow you to get comfortable starting conversations with women and the first step is getting to places where there might be women consistently, getting out of your house and getting to those places, getting comfortable in those places. And you're going to do that for a while first before you interact with anyone. The next step is positioning yourself next to women when you see them. When you see an attractive woman, for most guys, their first instinct is, Think about it. What do I do? What do I say? So they stand on the other side of the room and they, and they sit there and they think. And this is really what we want to eliminate is all that thinking. So the next step is whenever you see an attractive woman, you're going to automatically put your feet in motion and get in her vicinity. You're going to do it casually. You know, you're going to find a reason to get over there so it's not like you're standing there facing her all weird. Maybe if you're in a bookstore, you're going to pick up a book next to her. Or if you're in a supermarket, you're going to pick up something off the shelf next to her, or if you are at a train station, you're going to go over and look at a map. You're training your body, and this is one of the most important parts here that people forget about. You're training your body to take action every time you feel attraction. So instead of thinking every time you feel attraction, you're taking action, okay? So you're not going to talk to her at this step yet. You're just going to practice that over and over again. And this is huge for a lot of guys. So once you're, you're comfortable taking action every time you see a girl, the next step is you're going to simply say something to her and walk away. So it may be, hey, have you tried this pasta? Pick up a, a, a can of pasta off the shelf. Or, hey, do you know if this train goes to 14th Street? And you're not going to continue the interaction. Okay, You're going to limit yourself purposefully. I don't care if she's super cool to you. I don't care if she's super mean to you. However she responds, you're going to say, oh, okay, thank you, and you're going to walk away. Now, what this does is it builds up an outcome independence. You do this over and over again, and after a while, you're not as worried about her initial reaction, okay? The next step is to start to stay in longer, okay? So I'm not going to go into each and every step, but there's a few more steps after that. The next step is after you start to get comfortable staying in longer is to get personal with her, Right. And that's that's a big one for guys, too, is going from from just talking about this can of pasta to talking about her as a person. And a lot of guys get stuck at that step. Right. So there's steps. There's there's different challenges and fears at every level that guys need to deal with. uh, But they can work on each of those levels and get comfortable with each of them before moving on to the next one.
1: You know, I love your approach to this, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that is actually pretty clear that it, that it, that it's the way to tackle this, uh, cause if you look in, into psycholo- psychology, psychology and, and, you know, and some of the great things they're, they're doing in, you know, different cases of extreme cases of where people are difficulties, it's always a gradual approach. And one, one example, kind of extreme example springs to mind. And if this approach works in more extreme situations, then. Of course, it's, it's ideal to use in this kind of situation to, to get faster results. So in, you know, when way, way back like 50 years ago, uh, some American soldiers were captured. And this is, this is, this is kind of like a case that's brought up in a lot of, uh, like
0: neuroscience
1: books and, and psychology books, uh, were, were captured, I think by, by the Chinese or, or the Koreans. I can't actually remember who. And, what they did is they wanted to convert them to communism. So it was probably the Chinese, something of it. And what they, what they basically, I don't know if you've heard this story before.
0: No, I don't think I have.
1: Okay, so to do it, like these guys, obviously they built completely the opposite way of thinking and you think you'd never be able to convert them, right? To loving communism and going back to the US and, you know, basically starting to promote communism back home. And so, but what they did is they they took them on a very gradual process, and they would go in there the first day, and they'd just say, can you just write me down something about communism, right? So, just anything you want. The next day, they would be like, okay, so, what what things about communism aren't the worst things in the world? Maybe they're bad, but they're not really, really bad. You know, and the next day, they'd go like, so, so what is it? About communism that's okay, right? There must be some parts of it. Are there any bits that you think are just okay? Anything about, you know, our society, the way it works. And they would gradually keep pushing it, pushing it towards good, right? Lifting, lifting the bar, lifting the bar. And I'm not sure how long it took them, but basically they sent the soldiers back to the US and they were fully converted. (laughs) They They were promoting communism and, you know, they had been completely brainwashed. So it's a very famous, like, kind of case study of conditioning, right? So, Obviously, we're we're more interested in self conditioning than conditioning others. Um But you know, I, I just think it shows what a gradual approach can do versus trying to push someone's face in it. Which you know, as as you've said, like some of these approaches that have been used to get over approach anxiety have been pretty much like push your face in it, and it tends to generate a rejection from us in ourselves. You know, it's like wow, that's way too the bar's way too high, and I'm never going to be able to do that, and it's unsurmountable if it's taken at that level
0: absolutely and and i love that word that you used conditioning because uh it, it this actually does come from uh from grounded uh psychology uh uh for, which is the which is called exposure therapy uh and and it's it's sort of like what right. you talked about with this which is uh you know if you've got a a fear of heights the the first step the first step is actually just to mentally think about wow you know going to the top of a tall building and learn to understand and feel your feelings the next step is to maybe stand at the bottom of the stairs the next step is to walk up two stairs and then walk up a whole flight and then what right so we're and you're not doing it all in one day you're you're doing a little bit every day and in between each day your your body is acclimating to it, kind of like if you did a workout, right? When you do a workout, you you know, let's say you hit the gym and you and you and you bench press, right? Your your there's little micro tears in your muscle, and then over the next day or two, your body repairs itself and gets stronger, uh, and that's that's kind of how exposure therapy works is. You do a little bit, and then your body digests that. Your body gets comfortable with it, and says, kind of like the communism thing. Oh, you know what? There is something good about communism. Okay, and so the next time you're ready for a little bit more, and you're conditioning your body to accept that.
1: You know, like it's great that you kind of brought a biological angle to this. You know, just talking about weights, for example, because you know I've, I've kind of really heavily got into that kind of stuff lately, and. It's pretty much the way everything in our body works, right? It's 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 all about exposure and, and response to that in gradual steps. It's all kind of like about stress stimulus and recovery. Every adaptation we have, every sickness we recover from, every um, every improvement that we make to ourselves, or if it's physical, you know, or if it's it's mental, which is kind of all the same thing. So it's the way biology adapts to things. So it's an inescapable rule. Uh, really. So.
0: Yeah, and, sorry, and there's I'm... a, and, and if I could jump in one more, there's a tendency, especially because these feelings are so overwhelming, there's mm-hmm. a tendency for guys to want to get this over with, mm-hmm. to just do as much as they, and that doesn't work. That, right. that just, you know, the, the slower process is always better. Right,
1: totally. And, you know, unfortunately, often a lot of the dating advice can promise to be a bit of a, uh it's like a magic pill, right? It's going to solve all your problems tomorrow, which is, as, as you, you know, you, you seem to know too, uh, just isn't the case. It's going to take a little bit of work and we're, we're often, most of us are programmed to work on the short term. You know, we want a, we want a short term fix. Uh, well, We want our caffeine in the morning to feel good and awake. We want, you know, we want some chocolate or some junk food to feel good for five seconds instead of eating something healthy. So we're often drawn to the short-term benefits rather than long-term benefit, which is, you know, junk food, feel good right now. You know, healthy food, feel good for the rest of the year or in six months, you know, when, when I've got all the bad stuff out of my system or whatever. So, you know, as as, as humans, I think we all know that we're very influenced towards the short term and, and, and focus on that uh, rather than long term. Whereas often the long-term is what is is the approach to get the the best success, even though you're going to have to wait a few more months to actually get those results. So it seems further away and harder.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, as, as a guy who, uh, you know, I recently released this product and I was, I started doing marketing. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. sure, I'm sure you see this all the time. That's unfortunately part of the marketing is guys like to read about this quick fix stuff. Uh, which is which is why i'm I'm really glad there's there's a site out like like what you guys do because there's just so much crap out there to wade through, and it's so good to see somebody uh actually reviewing this stuff and separating the the wheat from the chaff uh what works what's just marketing uh bull crap.
1: thanks man appreciate the uh the, the thanks thanks there uh we try to do our best uh i I will say like Marketing is helpful from to create a sense of urgency for some people. You know, to get started. We are getting started. You're not going to get anywhere. So, although I, I don't think it's good to promise magic bullets and all of that, it, it, you have to get people. Uh, how would you say motivated, right? So, good marketing in, in this area, I think, is motivational, and that and that's. That's probably the best thing, and then of course follow up with an excellent product which solves solves the problem. Right. Right. So you know it's, it's a difficult line line to walk, I think, uh, which is you know what what, what we see um, around us, you know. But there's some very good stuff, and of course there's some very bad stuff. It's um, it's a it's a big market, um, and I'm glad to say we for you know your stuff was you know really really good, excellent, and we gave it the editor's choice award so for people who don't out there don't know that editor's choice is basically we take one product which we think is the best for one specific problem which people have to get over one specific issue so in this case we've chosen Eric's book uh,
0: six steps away she's six steps away yeah
1: she's six steps away as as the best product if you want to get over approach anxiety and I know like Jackson reviewed it, it wasn't me, but basically it's because it's very practical and it's got uh it's got the ebook but it's also got some audio interviews and stuff and um, it, it works out really really well like that. So for guys who are really interested in this check out check out the review to learn more about that. And so I just want to come back to um, what what we were talking about really uh with the question I'm gonna clarify it more. Is anxiety normal? Like Yes. Everyone has
0: it. I'm sorry, you just broke up. Could you repeat that again?
1: Is is anxiety normal for everyone? And so everyone who's listening right now. You should be feeling it to some extent, right? And don't feel like you're a, a subsection of guys. So I'm going to say, is it, should we think of it as something that's normal and that is a, a normal challenge that you have to learn to deal with, everyone has to learn to deal with? It?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And not only is it normal, it's critical. You need it. You need that that bit of excitement, that arousal, when you're uh, doing something that interests you. Uh, if you no longer feel that excitement, When you're doing something, guess what? You're bored and you're not going to like it anymore. So you need some of that. Uh, The problem is when it's overwhelming, is doing too much at once, then your body gets locked up, you get too much tension, you get bad reactions from people. When you do a little bit, you can learn to enjoy that excitement, uh, Mm -hmm. which which is basically anxiety at smaller levels. Uh, and it tends to become part of you, and it helps your interactions. It helps you to perform better. Mm
1: -hmm. Totally, totally. I just wanted to bring up something. I'm I'm guessing you probably read this way back. It's uh, David Deiter in one of his books. He says, like, as we go through life, we're not living unless we're living on our edge, out of our comfort zone, basically when we're feeling anxiety. Right. And that we're not actually being a man unless we're living on that edge and we're feeling anxiety. So he takes it from kind of like, you know, everyone has anxiety and feels normal to you're not you're not being successful in life unless you're feeling anxious. And, you know, I I felt this was very true because uh, what I've seen for people who are very successful and you look. You know, as they've grown, like, from maybe nothing. So I'm looking at the business world, for example, to take an example. If you take Donald Trump or whoever, you see the, the one of the I feel one of the reasons they get good is because they, they need higher levels of anxiety or higher levels of, I'd say it's running the other way. They need higher levels of discomfort around them, uncomfortable and high pressure situations to feel anxiety, to feel like they're on their edge, which is why they keep upping the game, upping the game. Right. Even when sometimes there's no one else around them. So that the very best people, they don't need someone else to kind of show them that there's a higher level to go to. They, they'll create that higher level for themselves and get better because they, they stop feeling anxiety to a certain extent because they've done it, you know, enough times. And now they're like, Oh, well, I actually feel like I need more anxiety to know that I'm being successful and I'm pushing the edge. How would you respond? With, like, how do you feel about that?
0: Yeah. That's great. And, and one thing to keep in mind with this is that. These guys have been slowly upping their excitement levels over the years so that they do need more and more and that they excel more and more. They're they're putting that anxiety and that excitement in the right direction. And and I like something you said is that they the the that that anxiety, those feelings are an indicator that they are doing something right. In other words, if I go out and I don't feel any excitement, if I don't feel something I know that I'm probably not challenging myself enough, and that there's some way I can challenge myself more. So I I need some of that excitement when I go out and I talk to women.
1: Yeah, well I love I love how you you know you say anxiety is excitement, and I remember that that's that's one of the first things I caught about this whole thing, and it's where I got interested in it. Like I, when I first read about this from Maniac High and Guy in japan in 2001 he's he's kind of the guy i read something online and i got into it uh and he had these you know these these field reports and stuff that he'd been doing and i read it and i was like wow what an adventure that looks like fun right and i was kind of bored i guess i wasn't on my edge in my career i would got to a point where i was just doing okay with and there really wasn't anything else to do at that point so i kind of got a bit disinterested with that and it was the perfect perfect thing to start investing my time in it was like an adventure of excitement again uh and you no know, you can look at it it's it's another way of looking at anxiety if you're gonna have an adventure if you're gonna have excitement it's actually because of the anxiety to a some extent now.
0: Mm. yeah that's great
1: well man this has gone a little bit longer uh but i felt the conversation was really useful to the guys out there so you know i let it drag on a bit so um, I hope this is all being useful to you guys. Um, Eric, have you got anything to say be- before we sign off here? Uh,
0: no, I just wanted to let guys know uh, about my website, which is approachanxiety.com and you can also find the book at she's six steps away.com. com.
1: Great, great, yeah. And uh, on the podcast page there's links to all of that and some profiles, more information. On Eric Disco and what he's been up to, so you should be able to find all of that stuff pretty easy. Eric, I want to thank you a lot for coming on today. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you.
0: Cool. Thanks and for having me on, Angel. I appreciate it.
1: Man, I hope we get a chance to meet up sometime.
0: Yeah, sounds good. And let me know when you're in New York. We'll uh, we'll meet up for a drink.
1: You can find out more about today's podcast and dating instructor on Dating Skills Review, Google Dating skills review or dating skills podcast and you'll be there for first timers on the podcast dating skills review is the largest database of dating advice on the planet if it exists we have it before you do anything else read anything else listen to anything else about dating sex or attraction download our free manual fast track Seven rules to get good with women in months, not years. You can download it right from the Dating Skills Review homepage. That's datingskillsreview.com. It will teach you the best in class learning strategy that the top dating instructors in the world have used to get good with women. Readers say it's flawless. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and give us a five star review. Those reviews help to increase our iTunes ranking and spread the word. Dating Skills Review wouldn't be what it is today without your feedback and support. So a big thanks there. This is Angel Donovan from Dating Skills Review. Get working on those skills hard this week because next week we're taking another step up to mastering your dating life.
0: Dating Skills Podcast is brought to you by Dating Skills Review. Dating Skills Review is the Amazon.com of dating advice for men. If it exists, we have it. We help you find the best advice fast. So you can get good with women in months, not years. Learn more at www.datingskillsreview.com.